Welcome back to another episode of The Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, we're going to talk about TV this week, but let's start with just a quick little basketball tangent. Will you promise me that you'll stop beefing with internet bloggers who don't watch college basketball about college basketball? I'll promise you nothing, but I look, I recognize that those are battles where nobody wins and everyone actually comes out losing. Uh, but listen, I got caught up. I got caught up in in a in a classic Gonzaga's bad. No, they're not. They're good argument on Twitter and like turned it into a whole podcast. And look, am I am I crazy proud of it? No. But uh, do I regret it a hundred percent? No. Will I do it again? Probably not. But I'm not going to promise you I won't do it. <laughs> Just a quick backstory for people who don't listen to Believe in the Zags. Do you call it Believe in the Zags or Sack and Jack? Jack has another yeah. podcast. Yeah, our branding's off. Okay. Um, I just call it the podcast. Okay, so Jack's other podcast is about college basketball, little team called Gonzaga, some of you may have heard of. Uh, people come out and they say, you know, Gonzaga's not very good, and that is objectively false. And so Jack decided to do a little pod responding to um, an article this week that was, I mean, the article was trash, and to me, I just ignore it, keep moving. I actually didn't see it until you you did your little pod. So anyway, we're not going to beef with internet bloggers anymore. I think it's fair if you beef with people who actually watch college basketball, but if you haven't watched a college basketball game in like 14 years, you don't get to have an opinion about. Well, here's basketball. the thing about the the college basketball, the sport of college basketball. I think a lot of our listeners are fans of college basketball. Um, if you're a casual sports fan, none, nothing matters so much. And so his opinion is very, very common. You know what I mean? Like there's oh, probably, there's national writers out there who, you know, lean on other sports that I, if you're a college basketball writer, you don't have that opinion, but there's a lot of like reputable people who their opinions matter, who have that same opinion. That's why I got caught up in it. I still don't think if you're a reputable person, like if you're an overall sports person who just doesn't watch the sport until March, like you just don't just be quiet. Also, I, I didn't do this on purpose, but I have my January, February, Gonzaga, April, May shirt on, uh, yeah. which is true. I mean, it's March. March is the is this month for college basketball. And if you don't want to watch it until then, fine. We've been watching it all year. We've watched them dismantle a lot of top 10 teams. And that's all we need to say about that. I just thought it was, um, it's funny because it's like this year has been so different, but then we're right back where we always are, which is people being like, yeah, but they don't really win in the tournament. And it's like, well... That's false. But people like that don't care about facts. Okay. TV time. We're done with basketball. I need to start with some house cleaning from last week because I recommended a show called Behind Her Eyes on Netflix that I watched two episodes of. And there were four left, but I just thought it was safe to recommend. Uh, they're w weird show. Um, if any of you watched it, did Wait, you watch it? Is it is this the first ever rec retraction? I think I have to retract it. Wow. So, so there is, I think here's one thing with that I need from shows. I need you to tell me if there are supernatural things in your show or not. Behind her eyes on Netflix, three or four episodes in, we're getting like, it's not ghost stuff, but it's like magical spirits leaving your body, spying on people like in other places when you're not there because your body can leave your body and go spy on them. Like we went so far off the rails and there was really no indication 
that we were going to go that far off the rails. It just, they just hit you with it. When it comes to supernatural stuff in TV, I'm not out, but there have to be clearly defined rules with like magic and supernatural stuff. Like Game of Thrones did a really good job of doing the magic stuff, but like explaining why this happens and that happens. If you don't really know the rules, then it's the Wild West. Then you could do anything. I think there's something about Game of Thrones and the format of the show where, I mean, there's dragons. Like (laughs) there's plenty of stuff going on where you're just kind of in for all of the magic because the entire world, it's not based in our world. Like that's one of the things with Game of Thrones. It's future past, whatever it is. Like it's not our world. And the thing with Behind Her Eyes, it on the outside, it looks just like your regular old Netflix British thriller, like murder mystery kind of thing. And all of a sudden there's ghost monsters and things. I mean, it, it's not that, but it's, it's for a few episodes. It's like your standard, like the stranger or whatever. And then again, just, we are off the rails and the supernatural elements have a very huge impact of the show. It's, I thought maybe like, okay, so we did supernatural stuff. I thought maybe they were just like have a little fun, but it has like, it is like the ending of, and obviously the ending is crazy. We talked about it last week. Um, the ending is like the famous thing about this show, but again, it involves supernatural things that I didn't know I was signing up for. And so I just want people to know that's what you're signing up for. I'm not saying absolutely don't watch it, but know what you're no, going no, 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 that, no, no, that's BS. You do this all the time. You do this all the time. You need to definitively say, watch it or don't watch it. Um, it's not, it's not that it's not that black and white. Like it's just not. Mm, okay then then again make rules why if so so much you're watching because okay okay so much you're watching because it is like because i don't like classic british thing but just but just know that you're not signing up for like the detective's gonna come in and solve the crime and blah blah blah. like you think you're signing up for like a standard whatever and then gun gun to head i'm putting gun to your i mean no like if you don't if you don't want to spend six hours of your life with it then don't but it it wasn't like oh my god it's the worst show i've ever watched but it was like oh my gosh i recommended the show that i watched two episodes of thinking i had an idea of where it was going and then it went off the the rails more than any other show i've ever watched in recent memory but if you like off the rails like it it wasn't okay. like, oh my God, I'm offended by this. I'm going to start putting guns to your head no, rather than like you that. going on and on and on. Maybe watch it, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just need a gun to your head. I also treat this more as like, yes, I'm recommending stuff, but I want to tell you like what the show is. And if it seems like something that's interesting to you, because like you're discounting the fact that people like different things. Yeah, but also... I recognize that, but I also think we do need, and I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes I think we need a definitive thumb up, thumb down. Are you in a confrontational mood this week? Because not only are you confronting (laughs) internet blockers, but now you're confronting me about my way over caffeinated in life. I'm I'm way over caffeinated. I'm properly um, caffeinated. No, well, well, you started, okay. You started saying this is going to be a recommendation retraction, but now you're not retracting it. Um, well, you asked me if I was retracting it or not, and I said yes. It, it is just so you I, are it's a, it's a no. correction. Like we don't often do this on this podcast, where we come back the next week and we're like, "I need to make a correction." Like what I said was wrong because oh, if you and it. I, what You've, we've never done it, I know because. But on normal podcasts, it's like, so I just want to start with something. Hey, last week I said that this person's name was this, and it's actually this, or I said the wrong oh, thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have friends who 
text us and they're like, oh, you got the name of that actor wrong. Cause we know more about this stuff than our friends do. So like, we don't have corrections, not that we don't get, get stuff wrong, but nobody calls us out on stuff. So we don't have to correct anything. Again, we've gotten stuff wrong. People just haven't called us out on it. So like, I'm saying I need to issue a correction and let you know that I said behind her eyes was a classic British thriller. And it is very much not that it starts like that, but it doesn't end like that. So that is my correction. Call it a retraction, if you will. Spend six hours hours of your life with it uh, or don't, but it is six hours that you're not going to get back. That's where I'm at. Sorry if it's too ambiguous. Life in the gray area. Um, that was not one of my recommendations, but I'm going to toss it over to you for your first rec. Uh, okay, we're going movies. You know what is brutal? My whole adult life, I've been waiting to be a screener guy. And now that I'm a SAG member, I'm a screener guy. And the last two years I've been a screener guy, everything's everything's streaming. It's BS. So it streams when you get it. You should still get it ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. So, but even like the theatrical releases. So like I got Nomadland last week, screener. Guess what? It's on Hulu. Yeah. Like normal years, that would be a, a coveted, screener but it's not anymore is like, that one of your the recommendations these, these are the days we live in i it is i'm going to get there i'm going to start though with i'm just lamenting you know what i mean doesn't that suck wait i have I all ask? these i have all these screener dvds like uh judas and the black messiah and it's on hbo max like what am i going to do with this dead technology okay two questions is your other are your recommendations nomadland and i care too much no okay those are mine um are you, how do you watch a DVD? Because I actually, actually, I don't, my parents might have, one. I, I was gonna say, I, I don't physically have a DVD player anywhere in my house. It's not in your laptop anymore. Like I don't have one. So how would no. you watch a DVD now? I don't, I mean, last year, I think I like grabbed a PlayStation to watch, um, <gasps> to watch, uh, what should we call it? What one best picture? Moonlight. <laughs> no. Um, I'm just kidding. The bong, the bong Rama? movie. The bong? <laughs> the bong Joon-ho, dude. Um, oh, Parasite. Parasite. Sorry. Parasite and... Uh, the bong movie. Pretty, I think I watched Pretty... I think I, I watched Pretty Woman, which I loved Pretty Woman um, last year. You mean version. you're saying Little Woman. Pretty Woman. Little Women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was weird. Okay. So critically acclaimed movies I'm doing. Um, first one, as I mentioned, Judas and the Black Messiah. I loved it. Uh, if you don't know, it's about the 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 rise and life of Fred Hampton, who was the I don't I don't know what his title was chairman leader of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. Uh, Daniel Kulu, with apologies to Daniel Kaluuya, I think that's right. Close. Enough. I actually don't know, but I, I I've Kaluuya seen it written. Seen it written Fred, he's Fred Hampton. He's awesome. Uh, but I think, and he's going to be nominated for best actor all, all over the place. I think Lakeith Stanfield steals the show. Lakeith Stanfield plays the, the Judas character, uh, the FBI informant who is, is torn. It's not, it is, it's like a thriller. It reminds me a lot of the departed because Lakeith Stanfield on one side is, you know, trying to be loyal to Fred Hampton and, 
the Black Panthers on the other side, like Jesse Plemons, an FBI agent, has him by the balls, and they explain why he's uh, in the position he is. So it's like Keith Stanfield. You're he's he's the vehicle that you experience everything through, and I think he is wonderful. Uh, Jesse Plemons as the FBI agent, also good. Who doesn't love a little Jesse Plemons? My biggest eye roll with the movie is um, Martin Sheen plays J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. And they put so much prosthetic makeup on him that it's wildly distracting. Because they try to make him look exactly like J. Edgar Hoover. And it's yeah. like, you could tell it's Martin Sheen. Like, like They should just have him be Martin Sheen playing jack jack hoover that's distracting and it's weird seeing martin sheen like drop like the end bomb and stuff you know what i mean mm. <laughs> don't don't need that i just don't need that um so like it's not like bombshell plastic makeup where it made them look good right this is distracting hmm. right yeah that's that's an example of prosthetic makeup working this mm -hmm. is like what are we doing like Jericho Hoover has been dead for how many years? Like nobody needs to know exactly what he looks like. That's what I was going to say is I actually couldn't like, maybe yeah, I could, maybe I yeah. couldn't picture him anyway. Like the thing with bombshell is like, I know what Megan Kelly looks like. So when they took. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, Not Margot Robbie. Who was. Um... Oh Charlize my gosh. Theron. Charlize. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Which anyway, when they took her and made her look like Megan Kelly, like that was impressive and interesting, but I don't know necessarily what Jay or what Jay Edgar Hoover. Why is that name so hard to say? I know I ran <laughs> through it too. Jay Edgar Hoover. Uh, I don't know what he looks like. So um, shout out to Martin Sheen and president Bartlett. Yeah. It's really good. I think, you know, a lot of times these critically acclaimed movies, you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure there's great performances, but am I going to be bored? You will not be bored. Like I said, it's it, it feels like a thriller. It watches like a thriller. Can I transition into mine from there, which is Nomadland? This is also one of yours. Yeah, it's my second one. I guess we could we could tandem it. Go for it. We could. I don't have a ton of thoughts, so we um we could keep this tight. But are you um, are you a no? No, no, I'm a yes. I'm a heavy yes. You're I'm, a no. I could couldn't be more no. Oh, okay. So it's interesting. So <laughs> I'm not in the mood for heated confrontation today. I don't know why. Um, real quick, did you say that Judas and the Black Messiah is on HBO Max? Yeah. Okay. No Bad Land is on Hulu, as you did say. I loved this movie. I. It is. You said Judas and the Black Messiah is like a thriller. It's like fast moving. What it, this movie is not that. I will say. Um, if you wrote the plot down on paper it's definitely not something that's like oh this looks really compelling but all the parts of it are compelling so Frances mcdormand is a woman in her 60s who lives you know lived past tense in this ghost town in nevada that became a ghost town because like the main industry is you know middle of nowhere nevada it's not don't think like vegas think like i don't know if you've ever driven through nevada empire, empire nevada which is a real was a real place. And so actually we should say this was based on a real, a real book, a book from 2017 that, that is based on a true story. So there are very true elements to this. They obviously changed certain things for like the movie of it all. The, um, so it's like early 2010s, I think it's like 2010, 11, 12 ish. And this, there's basically like the, whatever industry is in empire Nevada shuts down. And so she, it becomes a ghost town 
the first frame of the movie says like the zip code was eliminated, which is just crazy to think like, imagine your zip code, the postal service being like, no, we don't, we don't need that zip code anymore. Like that's how barren this place was. Okay. When I saw that, I thought, what's the point of that? Is that, I feel like that's worth more trouble than it's, than it's worth. That, That is more trouble than it's like, like the effort of going through and deleting a zip code completely. Like, why would you even, I don't know. I didn't understand that, but yeah, that, that like, that makes the point that these people's lives were just completely erased. Yeah. It's like, it hooks you in, in a way where it's like, Whoa, that's crazy. Like as someone who lived in Wyoming and drove through the middle of nowhere constantly, like there are a ton of these ghost towns that they're just essentially buildings now. And sometimes they have like a hundred people, but there are, are towns where there you could tell people used to live there and then you know, there's just zero people and they just sit there. And so like, that's what this is. So she leaves, um, this ghost town and becomes a nomad, hence the title nomad land. Um, and she's basically just trying to figure out how to like live on the road and do these like gig opportunities. Like she works for an Amazon plant for a while, but it's not consistent work. She's not year round full-time benefits, all that. She's like taking these odd jobs here and there to make money. And she's living out of her van. So she doesn't have a ton of expenses, but she's, you know, moving from place to place, kind of going with the weather, whatever. And the movie, my favorite part about it, and I know what's gotten a lot of attention, is it casts real people who are actual nomads who actually live this life. So Frances McDormand is an actor and she's the main character, but the secondary tertiary characters Mm -hmm. are people who like who really the who the book is based on who the movie is then based on so i like that part of it they all they all do a pretty good job and they all have really compelling stories as to like why they're living this life and how um again it's not super plot heavy but you kind of just follow her through this little journey she's on of living this life i loved it it's slower but i i the people in it are great and i loved obviously like the scenery and, and all that um was enjoyable for me why did you not like it okay well you said there's very little plot i would um disagree and say that there's no plot (laughs) there's no arc you know there's no there's no thing she's after that she's trying to attain um it's it's just a plateau of blah um i'll start with the positives frantic mcdermott is a triumph uh, she's so good in this. I can't imagine any other actress playing it. Um, and I tried maybe like, ah, maybe Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett can do anything, but she's so she's, she's excellent. She's going to be nominated. She's the heavy favorite to win. Uh, and you know, her, the, the whole movie is her. So she cares. She's on screen the entire movie. Um, the cinematography is really cool. That's probably going to be nominated. Uh, it makes it's excellent shots of, of Western United States from North Dakota down to Arizona and back again. Um, and the positives end there for me, it is quite depressing. I do like the Santa Claus guy. Um, he's like the leader of the, the, the nomad lifestyle. Bob Wells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting choice to use real people. I do think it works. Um, and that's credit to the director. It's a female, her, um, Chloe Zhao. It's C H A O. 
Zhao. And check out her filmography because she is she's going to be around for a while. She's great. Um, so f- for her to take real people and make it like okay to watch on film is a credit to her because real people in movies has been tried before and it has never worked. I point to 1517 to Paris, the Clint Eastwood movie about the, the Marines who stopped the shooting. That movie sucks. And that movie should be super fun, but it's, they, he uses the the three guys who actually did it and they are distractingly bad. Um, this movie just never goes anywhere. It's very sad. It's very depressing. It's, I get the message and it's a powerful message. Uh, I like how there's a, there's a scene where she like hangs out with her in-laws for a second. And she's like really defensive over her lifestyle. Like she's like, I don't want your pity kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then it just ends. <laughs> David Strathern is the only other actor I think in it. Mm-hmm. The only other like real actor. Uh, and to me, he's always going to be the dad from a river wild. I have not. Yes. You come on. I mean, I know, I know who he is. He's in other stuff too. I don't know. What's a river wild. You've never seen river wild. Oh, I don't think so. With Kevin Bacon, Meryl Streep. I mean, I know who all it's a, ri- are. it's the best, it's the best river rafting movie in the history of river rafting movies. I, I love river rafting, but I don't know that I love river rafting movies. You've never seen, oh. I don't know if it's a River Wild or the River Wild. I think it's the I'll River Google Wild. I'll Google it after this. Oh, John C. Riley is a bad guy. Kevin Bacon. Again, I know all these people. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm out on it. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a no. If so, you, I mean, if you're artsy, like if you, if you want to see a movie that will be nominated for all the awards, then go for it. But if that's the only reason to watch it. I'm not artsy and I'm not a, oh, I would just want to know what's being nominated. I, I don't watch movies often. Like I am a TV person and this is not, I'm not watching stuff because it's highbrow entertainment. I just really found this compelling. I, I found the people in it compelling. And uh-huh. it's interesting because it's nominated. First of all, I take Golden Globe nominations with a grain of salt, but it's nominated for best screenplay, which at first I was like weird. Yes. Well, I know, but here's the thing. My only defense of that is, there are these like small monologues, not like mm-hmm. Shonda Rhimes solilo- soliloquy type stuff, like small monologues where these people are telling their stories and it's so genuine. And those are very compelling, I think. So if you're, I think that's the reason why it's nominated for best screenplay, because the writing in those moments is really, really, really good. The plot is again, lacking, I but not every movie has to be, you know, it is original. I'll give you that. And like I said, it's a testament to the filmmaker, Chloe, Chloe Zhao, who, who took this like meh concept and turned it into a, a, a living, breathing movie. I just, yeah, it's, it's just not for me. Uh, you also say it's very depressing. One last point on it. There's actually not backlash, but criticism because they say it doesn't go too, it doesn't go far enough in showing how tough their lives are in terms of working at Amazon there's you know people have like died or gotten concussions or and they're not treated well and in the movie she works at amazon and she actually seems like pretty happy there i mean she's not i think amazon i think amazon poured money into it because it makes amazon look good which is wild i don't know that they poured money into i mean think about it. it's not an amazon amazon studios movie and it's true 
And it could, it was it couldn't have been a, an expensive movie to make. <laughs> it no, well, looks like five million dollars tops. I don't know about that, but I, uh, Francis McDormand, I read like emailed the VP of something something of Amazon and was like, "Can we? Could they shot? I think they shot at the actual facility in Nevada or wherever she was." Um, oh, so I'm sure. Yeah, it it is very much like they use the name, they use the facility, and. I think to get those permissions, there was probably some wink, wink or actual agreement that it was going to be kind and not show the worst parts of that job. So you say it's depressing. Like there is criticism. It's not depressing enough. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, That's funny. You can never please everyone. I think that's the moral of that story. It's funny you mentioned that because I thought the same thing. Uh, If you want a further idea of how crazy these Amazon sweatshops are, uh, I think one. this is one of my first recommendations. In YouTube, dial up Frontline Amazon. It's really good. It's an hour-long PBS deal, and they just go into detail as to how crazy these... John Oliver's done something on it, I think. What's Hassan Minaj, what's um, Patriot Act? Yeah. Has an episode on Amazon as well. It's The content is out there if you want it. Also, the book Nomadland that the movie is based on goes into detail on it as well. So... It's all there for you. Um, I recommend it. Jack does not. Again, I think it's just know what you're getting into kind of thing. That's good. I think we need we need a little yin and yang. That's good. It's Conflict this, is good. This episode is the yin and yang episode. Um, what is your one, two, three? Or second or third? I'm lost. I've this will be my I've third lost. one. Have you done? You've already. You've only done one though, right? Uh, so you should go. Yeah, I have two left. So I'll do this one quickly because everyone has probably already watched this movie. It only came out on Friday, but I care too much. Rosamund Pike is amazing. I actually don't know if she'll get awards or not. Um, it's packed. Best actress is packed this year. Yeah. And um, in miniseries too, um, we're not going to derail ourselves again. Um, Rosamund Pike is Gone Girl. She's basically that again, but just a different version, a little more like this movie is spicy campy vampy sad happy fast paced like it, there's a lot going on it's it's a very so you could argue nomadland is not as watchable because it's a little it, it's tougher to watch this is just like an easy watch like there's obviously parts of it that are sad but they try to make the sad stuff fun which is an interesting tonal choice um but it's just a very watchable movie and it's like I said, it's pretty quick pace. There's a lot going on. There's twists and turns. Rosamund Pike is great in it. Everyone's obsessed with her fashion. She's really just wearing like monotone suits, monochromatic, I think is the right word. Um, she wears like a yellow suit and that, I don't know, that gets people excited. Um, don't don't watch it for the fashion, but watch it for, for the plot and for her. Um, it's a bit of a mess, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's I think mm-hmm. it's like the number one thing. Mm-hmm. It's I, again I'm doing this quickly because there's a 50 50 chance who's ever listening to this has already seen it, even though it's only been out for like 48 72 hours. So um, I recommend it because it's very watchable. What's your next one? My number three is okay. So last night I had every intention of watching the uh, Woody Allen documentary on HBO. Uh, I really like Woody Allen and credit to. Bo Moose for really turning me on to Woody Allen. I, whoa, 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 whoa. Separate the art from the artist, folks. Woody Allen's movies are historically awesome. We don't have it, time. No, he invented the rom-com genre with Annie Hall. We Annie Hall, ha- if... Go ahead. We don't have time to litigate what to do with the art of Woody Allen right now, but this is a very... Like, we're going to graze over a very complicated topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And anyway, I had every intention of watching it. And I'll watch it next week and I'll have a better idea. But I started watching Argo, like waiting for the documentary to drop, you know, like a, a placeholder kind of thing. And then I fell asleep during Argo and I woke up at like 3 a.m. And I was like, oh, I'm not watching the Woody Allen doc, I guess. So my third one this week was a holdover from, from last year, or last week. They Netflix just picked it up and then it was top 10 for the last couple of weeks. That's the reason you're seeing so much about War Dogs right now, the 2016 Todd Phillips movie. And I saw this movie when it came out and I thought it was it was good. This movie has aged like a fine wine, my friends. War Dogs is really good. Jonah Hill and what is like a star turning role for Miles Teller. Uh, and the fattest you've, ne- you've ever seen Jonah Hill, by the way. Jonah Hill is a bad guy. Really good stuff. Like Jonah Hill is evil in this movie. And Miles Teller is definitely like the straight man, the straight guy. So not a ton of acting, but he carries the movie pretty well. Bradley Cooper in a bad guy role as well. The movie ages very well because it's in our adult lifetimes. Like we remember how uh, divisive the Iraq war was and should we be there? Should we not be there? Et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it is a nice reminder of the simpler times in American history where we were debating foreign policy, but not, you know, killing each other. Um, it's very good. It's a fun watch. It's uh, Todd Phillips first, like non-comedy. And now he went from that to Joker. So I think it, I think we're going to look back at war dogs as an important movie, both for the career of Jonah Hill, like going into bad guy roles, miles Teller being a movie star and Todd Phillips being a director who could do any genre. Okay. I I've seen it on the top 10. I have not clicked on it, but, um, seems interesting enough. Uh, we're going to talk about the Woody Allen documentary next week then collectively. Cause I did watch the first episode. Did you know it's a four parter that drops? I figured yeah, one a week. Yeah. Okay. Cause I didn't know that. I thought they were dropping. I don't know why I thought this, I thought they were dropping all four last night and they only dropped the first one. Did so, it tell you anything you didn't know on the first episode? No, there's small details, not overall story, small details mm-hmm. that, um, that I didn't know the favorite Woody Allen movie. No, is what you it, asked me. Oh, okay. Match point. <laughs> Check out so, match point. It, it's a thriller. Match point's is, insane. Um, so again, we'll talk about this next week and I actually have another um, documentary that I'm going to recommend next week. That's a tease. Um, but so two episodes will be out next week so we can talk about it. I, it's, it's too complicated. Um, I just realized if I get into this at all, then we, we're just off the rails. So I'm going to get us back on the rails and end with a quick one. Cause it's a follow-up to what Jack did last week. I'm stealing it, but it is called the head. Um, I don't know. We need to come up with a term for like when we second the recommendation. Um, I second the motion. It is on HBO max. We also need a term for good shows with bad titles. Okay. Can I, and I, and this isn't a spoiler. It's the end of the first episode. Can I ask you, um, well, there's, there's one part of why I think it might be called the head that I, the decapitation. There's a decapitation. Okay. So the reason it's called the head, I, for (laughs) the whole time I'm watching it, like, why is it called? It's people in Antarctica. There's a murder. It, it doesn't make any sense, but the, the first, the killing is a decapitation. The death is a decapitation. And so that's why it's called the head because the head comes off the body. Like, what? Okay. This is great. So what? It was, it's a lazy title. 
Yeah. It's just bizarre. I, again, it's funny. It's funny when you don't know what it is and then you realize like why it's, cause again, I went into it having no idea why, it's, why it was called that. And then when you realize it, you're like, what? <laughs> anyway. It would be one thing. And again, I'm not, we're not spoiling anything. It would be one thing if there was like a significance in that death and why, you know, like the killers into that kind of thing. It doesn't, there's yep. no significance whatsoever. So, and I will say too, it's six episodes. It's on HBO Max. Um, I thought it was four episodes and I had figured out one plot twist. And so I was waiting for it to be revealed like through the end of the fourth episode. And we, we kept getting closer and closer to the end. And I was like, oh, this thing is not ending. Like we haven't, we're not tying up any loose ends. Like, and then I realized it was two more episodes. So um, I still have a few minutes of it to watch. Admittedly, I don't think there's going to be any weird supernatural ghost inhabitations. That's not a word, um, but it is very entertaining. It's just, it's not going to win any acting awards. It's not going to win probably any awards no. at all, but it's, it's very, um, it is very entertaining. This, the screenplay is funny. I wrote down um, a line. It was like, they make a plan and they're like, yeah, this is, this plan is a Hail Mary, but if you don't throw this ball, more people are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. The Hail Mary There's pass, a couple but of you those. don't throw this ball more people. Yeah. I just it was like it's funny in that way, but it, it, don't let that deter you. I recommend this. No gray area. Just watch it. It's really um enjoyable, funny. I don't know. It's not also that plant that plan is so ridiculous. I want everyone to watch it so I can talk about that. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is our only option. It's like, what? That's your only option? Yeah. There's other options. There's also some funky stuff where you're just like, how did they get that body to that back to that? Place? Like it, there's some stuff, some, some eyebrow raising yeah. stuff. Um, but overall, but it's good. It's yeah, it's fun. It's yeah, it's a fun watch. Okay, and we like fun watches because we need fun watches uh, in these days. To Coming in, from Miss Nomadland, I, I loved it. I really did. <laughs> what? That's a shock. If there was some Oscar worthy again, like highbrow movie. Like I would have guessed it would have been the other way around. So Oh totally. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this was a plot that, twist. Yeah. I mean look, I understand why it's critically acclaimed. I understand why it's gonna get a lot of praise. And it's but it, in terms of like hanging out on a Friday night with your significant other, terrible. Well, I watched it alone and maybe that's why <laughs> I also <laughs> with, a, with a bottle of shard, no doubt. Um there either was rose or there was nothing. I don't mm -hmm. have any shard in the house. Mm -hmm. I um I also Accent, like kind accented of, by your tears. Um, some of the some of the stuff was moving. I will say. Also, I want to be a nomad, but I couldn't live out of a van, and I'm willing to admit that. I also, for the first episode of the head, was like, I could do this. Oh, like, me too. Oh, America. I'm in. I could do it. Yeah, because I, I, I get. I'm sure they make a ton of money too. Oh, for sure. Well, yes, probably. Um, but also, like, we've all sort of been living in. Antarctica for a yeah. year where you can't go outside, especially yeah. if you live in a Portland or Seattle type climate where the sun doesn't come out. Like we basically live in Antarctica. What would be your, what would be your role though? Oh, I don't you, have, if we spent six months on Antarctica video editing. I don't, <laughs> I don't have any yeah, skills. I, I thought, I, I thought I would be like the czar of entertainment. Like I'd, I'd have uh, a watch list of movies we were going to watch every night. We, the, the, um, part where they show it's like a five second clip this isn't a spoiler the part where they show them they made like a little funny movie don't you remember that wasn't that? A, I, i'm pretty sure that was escape from new york with kurt russell 
they were re then, no 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 not the sorry 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 not when they're watching movies. oh it's like yeah, six, yeah 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 yes like yes, that yes, would be yes, our yes. that would be our only job because that's the yes. only thing like i'm not gonna they're they're down there discovering a bug that photosynthesizes things at a rate of like blah 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 like i gotta be in biology i'm sure but like i couldn't like we could do the movies like we could yeah because there's like the head scientist guy. There's like the the military captain of the operation. There's like a mechanic. There's a, there's chef, a chef. Yeah. There's a doctor. Uh, so it's like Oregon Trail, but Antarctica. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, we wouldn't be good for any of that, but we would be no. good for, <laughs> we, we would be we good no for the skills. entertainment. That's we no what we would whatsoever. be. Um, we could recommend what movies for everyone to watch because clearly there was a lot of that going on. All right. What an episode. Uh, I don't know if it was our best I don't know if it was our worst. Well, you were the one. It, it was combative because you started it combative. Okay. Well, that's I'm going to, we're going to come back next week. We're not going to be as combative. We're not actually, that's, that's a complete lie because we are going to fight about this Woody Allen documentary. Um, go watch Allen versus Pharaoh on HBO. There will be two episodes by the time we record next. Is it? And I'm asking this, I'm asking this. You can keep this on the pod. This isn't a spoiler. Isn't, um, doesn't the documentary like attack Mia Farrow a little bit for like fabricating stuff? Well, not in the first episode. Fabricating That's what? I got what? From I thought she like coached her kid into incriminating Woody Allen. We're not really there yet. Okay. Um. So it's it's again it's a four parter. Apparently they've told us like there's new information and talking stuff coming out. Like I, I would, again, I don't think any of that was in the first episode or I know that that stuff wasn't in the first episode. So we're sort of getting to the point now where maybe that would have happened, but didn't happen yet. By the way, I know Woody Allen's a creep. I'm not like defending the guy. I'm just, I'm interested in the story. I, they, I, I, I know he's not a good guy, they but I love his movies. They introduced Soonyin, uh, so Soonyi, sorry. Um, his wife now, like they, they just first introduced as like, Oh, this is Mia Farrow's daughter. <laughs> like they just, they don't acknowledge they don't acknowledge she that she was adopted? No, no, sorry, sorry. Well, they acknowledge she was. So she's she's listing her children. And she's like, mm -hmm. so we had this kid and we had this kid and then we adopted this kid and then this kid. And they just go through the list and they don't say like, BT dubs, this is who Woody Allen is married to. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. They, they, they introduce her in such an innocent way of like, this was our adopted child. They don't say like 10 years down the road, like Woody Allen was dating her. So yeah. it, that sure part of it is. For sure, it was. Um, anyway, all right, we're going to go. We're going to come back next week and fight about HBO documentaries. And I can't wait. Have a good night. Good week. Have a good night. Okay, <laughs> I bye. Said, have a good night. Okay, bye. <laughs>